0: Welcome to this, another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. It's specifically episode number 80, Going Strong here in February. We got a few things to talk about uh, in this one. Actually, a lot of Giants news more. I think that we've had basically all loss season. Um, so we'll get into that. We also have some Super Bowl stuff, and uh, Alex and I are going to be arguing about one specific thing in the Super Bowl. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, if this is your first time listening, I've mentioned his name a few times. I am Josh. Uh, speaking right now, and my co-host who's on this podcast all the time with me is Alex, and we'll start off with that. Alex, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Um, we're a little bit behind, um, you know, the, the news curve, right? The, obviously, there's some Giants news that have come out, um, and we're a little bit behind. But, you know, we're always nicely behind. But then we get time to process it, and that's why you come to this podcast um, for that. Going to the back to the Super Bowl, it was kind of disappointing, obviously. Kind of a blowout. I mean, definitely a blowout. Um, and, and it was kind of sad to not have an entertaining Super Bowl for a game that was so hyped up to be one of the best that we've seen in a long time. Um, but, yeah, I know Josh and I have a little discussion point to talk about, so that'll be fun. Um, but I guess do you want to get right into the Super Bowl? I mean, 31-9, to um, the Bucks absolutely destroyed the Chiefs here. Um, in Tampa, so pretty cool that they were able to win at their home stadium. Um, Tom Brady now has his seventh ring. Patrick Mahomes literally was running around in the backfield and couldn't like do anything or throw the ball. It, it, I, I felt bad for him. He was seemed like the only Chief who actually wanted to win the game, him and maybe Travis Kelsey. Um, and, and it was a tough game for the Chiefs. Definitely they're going to learn from this. Patrick Mahomes will learn from it, and I bet you they'll be back better than ever next season. But uh definitely disappointing. Um I you know, the game itself just wasn't entertaining enough for me.
0: Uh yeah, it was disappointing, lost two boxes. Uh was in two two separate boxes, had ten boxes, didn't work in one, had two boxes in another, it didn't work in that one. Uh lost twenty five dollars on FanDuel. i I am striking out. I my first time betting, well, uh, you know, illegally betting as Alex has made the joke already. Um, you know, using a fake account, uh, you know, or well, not my account, whatever, my parents account, and then basically putting the money in. Um, I did, I didn't understand the same game parlay type of thing. So my same game parlay was Tampa Bay plus three, which I got right, definitely clicked. Uh, and I had McCall Hardman anytime he could score a touchdown, Scotty Miller anytime he could score a touchdown. And of course, every Buccaneers player except Mike, except Mike Evans and Scotty Miller, had a touchdown. So that was wonderful. Gronk, Antonio Brown, and Leonard Fournette. So that's great. And then the Chiefs just cannot find anything on the offensive side. So that was the deal with that. I next time I know I'm I did like a lot of bets. I'm just going one bet, my gut bet, and then that's going to be it. So if I did Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus three put $25 just solidly on that, I would feel a little more happy about this Super Bowl recap, but I'm not because I lost $25. Anyway, not just so much about me. It's about how Antoine Winfield, which is what we're going to get into now, put up the peace sign at Tyreek Hill at the end of the game. Now, a little backstory on this. Tyreek Hill um, did have a very long touchdown in the regular season against the Buccaneers, threw up the peace sign right in Antoine Winfield's face. Also, Tyree Kill did a backflip right in front of Winfield to showboat right in the end zone at the one-yard line. That gives you a little bit of context. Um, Winfield then threw up the peace sign as the game was basically over at that point in the fourth quarter. Um, basically just saying, you know, just, just getting back at him for what he did and what a savage way to do it right in the playoffs. And then he said in his press conference, Um, That it was 100% worth it. Mostly everyone on social media, basically everyone on social media agreed with him. SportsCenter was posting it. Uh, Another sports site was posting it. NFL.com was posting his quote from it. And they all, you know, all the comments were like, yup, definite penalty. What worth the penalty? Um, Ivan agreed. And I said right when he did, I was like, like savage Antoine Winfield. I like, that's such a cool move. Um, And then we have Alex. We have old, grumpy man Alex uh, coming in and ruining everyone's mood and saying that, as an old man myself watching football back in the day, you see no one did it. Well, Alex is just as old as I am, basically. Um, He likes to brag about the months, a little little bit more months older than me, with the November birthday. But the thing is, Alex, he complained about how it was unsportsmanlike. It was wrong for the game of football. And all those people watching who maybe just watch because it's the Super Bowl. And just watch because it's the commercials and the halftime show of the weekend. Which, by the way, we should get to that as well because that that sucked. Uh, The performance. The weekend was amazing. The performance itself was not worth it. But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, He believed that the whole thing was bad for the game. Bad for the NFL. Thing is, Alex... These people are not – whether or not you think they're like they're going to watch, these people who are just watching for the commercials are only going to watch for the commercials every year, right? They're only going to watch for the half – they're not going to watch a single game of football in the whole season. And I don't think that one thing from Anton Winfield is going to shade away from the game. And I think you're wrong, but I would like to give you a chance to defend your point.
1: So I have a prime example.
0: Oh, sorry. That was my timer. I'm
1: going already. already. My prime example here – when I was watching the Super Bowl with my family, as soon as he did that, you know what both my parents said at that time? They said, how rude, this guy should be kicked out of the NFL. That's what they both said. They said he should be fine. They because sure. no, listen to me, because they don't know. They don't know the backstory. And most people watch the Super Bowl, but they didn't watch that Bucks chiefs game, did they? They didn't know what happened. They don't have the backstory. Tony Romo said, oh, yeah, that's Tyreek Hill's celebration. That like that gave no you know context, really. So looking at it from there, you're on the biggest stage, probably four, five times the amount of people are watching this game instead of that game, and you're doing it, right? So number one, it's wrong in general. Tyreek Hill was wrong to do the celebration like that, the peace sign. It's just kind of like an asshole move. I don't know. I just don't like it. When you score a touchdown, it's fine to do a celebration, but rubbing it in the defense's face... You shouldn't need to do that. Your great play should have, you know, made them feel bad about it already. You don't need to rub it in extra, right? Especially when you're up big time like the Chiefs were in that game or, you know, the Bucks were in this game. It's just not it's just not necessary. Maybe I'm an old man, who knows, but it's just like I don't I, I don't like it. And, you know, it's my opinion. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are against me or, you know, majority that are against me. I've seen like two people who agree with me out of like 100,000. But it's like, I, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And people who haven't watched football and are, you know, just trying to see the sport, you know, the Super Bowl, it's the class act of the NFL season. Everyone's watching it. It's It's a demonstration of, you know, the greatest game in America, at least. Um, like, I, I feel like it, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it's not such a big deal. It rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Uh, just to give our final picks for the end of the 2020 2021 NFL season, uh, we were both 0 1 in the Super Bowl as we both lost the Super Bowl of picking the Chiefs. So the overall records ended with Alex 159 and 94, myself with 161 and 92, the winner officially, as we're done. With this season, if you want to go listen to Isaac Yadam and how amazing he is on the Giants, um, Alex gave you that a few episodes ago. I think it was two now. So if you want to go listen to that, go do that. And let's get to the weekend celebration real quick. So here's the deal. The weekend apparently spent $7 million on this halftime show. right? And he nailed it out of the park. Some people, when they're doing the Super Bowl, They lip sync some parts of it. There's auto sync on his voice. There was no auto sync on the weekend's voice. Nothing. It was an amazing singing performance by him. Singing performance, I say, because the performance itself, with the seven million dollars, I was thinking he he kept on repeating that it's gonna be like the it's gonna be out of this world the Super Bowl performance. It's not gonna like you know it's gonna be new for everyone. We've never seen it before. What? I'm sorry, but like it's COVID. I, I get it. They can't have guests, whatever. It wasn't that good. The I mean, he's turned into a meme now where he puts his camera, his face in the camera, and it's like when my grandparents FaceTime me and their face is like all up close to the camera. That's what it looks like. It's it's it was the the people and this is another thing with the weekend, right? That's part of his storyline. Alex had no idea what I was talking about either. And he's, like, a kid, so he's supposed to know, like, the stuff. So The weekend has, like, a storyline with the mask. And everyone on Twitter that I'm seeing thinks they're jockstraps on these people's faces, right? So it's, like, it's bad. It, It was just, the thing on the stage was fine. Everyone got dizzy when he went in that mirror room and just jumped around with people. And then on the field, it was pretty cool. I'm guessing he spent seven million dollars on those fireworks because I have no idea what else he spent it on.
1: You know, I, I consider myself a pretty uh, into what's going on person, but I did have absolutely no idea what the- what's going on with the with the jockstrap, as Josh liked to say, um, or as many people on Twitter like to say. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. I don't know. Whatever. Not. I'm not really into those things. Not that it really matters because this is a Giants podcast, not a, you know, singing, musical podcast. But, uh, and yeah, the performance wasn't great like Josh mentioned, but whatever, next year maybe we'll have something better. But the big news of the day, what we have to talk about on the podcast, the reason we're here, a new offensive line coach, Robert Saul, however you want to say it. So when I first saw the name Robert Sale, I believe, or Rob Sale, I thought he was Robert Sala. <laughs> and I was so confused because if you just add the uh, H at the end of the, the sale there, I was like, what, Rob Robert Sala? He's like the offensive line coach? I thought he just – but no, don't worry people like me who, you know, just make things up in their head. He is an actual offensive line coach, Um, actually the offense coordinator at Louisiana, but he's done a whole bunch of things. Um, Robert Rob Sale, he started as a high school coach um, and then was the Alabama strength and conditioning coach assistant from 2007 to 2011, Uh, a McNeese State O-line coach 2012 to 2013, and in 2014 was their co-offensive coordinator, whatever that means, co-off, I guess working together. Um, He was the offensive line coach of Georgia in 2015, um, and he was the Louisiana Monroe O-line coach 2016. Arizona State O-line coach 2017, Louisiana offensive coordinator and O-line coach uh, for the past two years, or 2018 to 2020. So he will be the new offensive line coach. Hopefully I pronounce his name better in the future. I'm sorry. Not Robert Saleh, Rob Saleh. Rob Sale.
0: sorry. Robert Saleh, as Alex says. (laughs) Robert Saleh. He's not good with names if you're new to the podcast, if you didn't know already. Rob Sale is the new Giants coach. It's literally pronounced just like you see it. S-A-L-E. Alex, you have a sale at your favorite store. That's his name, Rob Sale. So just for future reference, <laughs> if you need it. Um, yeah, so Rob Sale is the new offensive uh, line coach. So I had an opinion on this um, earlier and and that was when I was seeing the tweets from like the Giants, uh, people you know, like the Giants nations Twitter accounts. I don't, that wasn't who it was, by the way. Like I had no idea who it was. Like just Giants fan accounts. And one of them said, like, "Oh, we, him with Louisiana as the offensive, uh, you know, coordinator. He had like three hundred nine passing yards per game. He had two hundred eight, whatever, two hundred ninety. All about like how good the Louisiana's offense was with him as the OC. The thing is." Jason Garrett's our offensive coordinator. He's coming back. What do you like Rob Sale? He's going to be talking about how Nick Gates and like what Nick Gates needs to do in the game. What Andrew Thomas needs to do in the game. What Matt parent needs to do all the offensive linemen. That's what his job is. You think he's going to go up to Jason Garrett and be like, Hey, Jason, I think we should run this play. Wide trips left. What is, what do you think Jason's going to say? What the hell did you say? You were the coach for Louisiana, my guy. I've been the, coach, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for years, and now I'm the offensive coordinator of the New York Giants. And you're coming up to me, and you're asking me for a play call that we can run? I don't expect this guy to be calling our plays. Like, come on. Seriously? He was the offensive coordinator for one team, but he's the offensive line coach for the New York Giants. The hire itself. And I feel like I'm I, I'm sounding like I'm knocking Rob Sale. I'm not I'm not knocking him. I'm knocking the people that think he's going to change, revolutionize the Giants' offense, right, into a college explosive offense. He's not. But anyway, um, the hire itself, I really like it. Um, I do because I like that we're bringing and, and associating these college minds into the NFL. And I think you know, in some cases, maybe it will help the tackles develop. And I, I just I think it's fine. And Gouge was a fine hire at the time. Um, But, I mean, if if this guy, right, he's coming in and he's hired by the Giants with Joe Judge. If Joe Judge wants to talk to this offensive line, we're not going to have someone who's going to be pissed about it. And then get fired because, you know, they didn't like that, right? I mean, and Gouge was fine. Gouge didn't come into contract terms with the Giants. This is a fine hire, and I like it. So, hopefully, Rob Sale, Alex. All right, you got that. Uh, we'll we'll be able to help out the Giants here.
1: Yeah, hopefully. And now moving on to another name that I may pr- you know, struggle pronouncing. Tyke Tolbert will be coming back as wide receiver coach. Yes, I pronounced it right. Robert, Rob Sale. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Robert. Whatever, Rob Sale will be a good offensive line coach, I am sure. Tyke Tolbert's coming back. He did very well, okay, last year. We don't really know how well he did. The receivers weren't great, but then We also didn't have a lot of talented receivers, so you can't really say anything about that. But he will be coming back after he was interviewed for a few different jobs. So um, he will not be going elsewhere, and he will be staying with the New York Giants.
0: I'm now very worried because Alex has gone on a full first-name basis with Mr. Sale. Uh, That's number one, you know, with Robert. And then the second thing is, don't come to us if Tyke Tolbert does not uh, go to another team it is right now still expected for his return. Alex said coming back at least five times there in that statement. He's expected to return, and that's from multiple sources. Um, so you would hope he is coming back. If he does not, blame Alex, not me, because I did put expected to return in in here. Um, that's all I got to say. And now moving on to Alex's favorite website of all time when it comes to, when it comes to NFL things, and that's pff.com. If you're a constant listener of this podcast, you know Alex is a love-hate person when it comes to PFF. They say something good about the Giants, he loves them. When they say something bad about the Giants, he hates them. Right now, he's going to love them, so don't worry. I'll give him the spotlight to say so. In the uh, PFF.com 101-player list, Leonard Williams is number 97, and James Bradbury is number 84, something I wanted to uh, mention here. Alex, your thoughts on that?
1: Leonard Williams is in a good spot, but I gotta say, my friends at PFF, I think they made a mistake. I think James Bradbury, Whoa. what do you have him at there? Eighty-four? That's disrespectful, PFF. I think they maybe switched the numbers around. Maybe they messed it up, forty-eight or something. Forty-eight. I think. I think that's what. Uh, that's what it should have been. So yeah, you know, my friends at PFF gotta take a look at that. But otherwise, Leonard Williams, very good. James Bradbury, I'm sure they just made a little mistake there. Um, no problem about it, but yeah, good ranking there forty eight and uh ninety
0: seven yeah something I actually just forgot about that I remembered I forgot to mention in the beginning, so I apologize to all of our listeners that were patiently waiting for the uh secondary line or the secondary giants secondary review or rankings or tiers which we've been doing for the past few weeks. We are not doing that in this episode um it's in the title and it'll be in the in the description uh, or that. That won't be in the title or the description. So if you clicked on this thinking about that it was going to come up, it is not happening. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that now that it is not happening in this episode. It'll happen next episode. We just wanted to get one out um, just for the offensive coordinator and Giants do stuff like that. NFL mock drafts, nothing really lately besides a new one from Giants.com. I'll get to that. But just to refresh you on what we've seen so far, Mel Kuiper Jr. of ESPN, had Kyle Pitts. Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com had Jalen Waddle. Todd McShay of ESPN had Gregory Russo. Bucky Brooks of NFL.com had Gregory Russo. I'll get to that in a minute. And Dane uh, Brugler of The Athletic had Kyle Pitts. Oh, and this Giants.com had Devontae Smith going in the first round at pick number 11. Um, Speaking of Bucky Brooks on his uh, NFL.com's Gregory Russo and I guess Todd McShay because he had Gregory Russo as well. um, Some good news. For, for for me, um, and the giant take, I guess, because that'll hopefully be included in this. But um, I have now joined a website slash NY Sports social media play page, I guess, um, allnysports.com. You can go check it out. Um, I've now joined them as a writer for them. And basically, there's going to be a Gregory Russo article coming out this week, I believe. Uh, and that talks about, you know, the mock draft or i mentioned i base it off of the bucky brooks mock draft and also i mentioned um todd mcshay's mock draft in there as well so go check that out all in my sports.com i'll be writing articles for them every week so that'll be exciting and then also we're still gonna be posting on the giant com as well I'm still thinking about who's gonna write one for this week but for now, Alex had a new article filled in for me last week, so I appreciate that, Alex. About Kauaii Payne draft profile for him by Alex is out now on the GiantTake.com. So go check that out. Um, and I think that's going to do it for all of our news, Alex. You can take it away and actually continue with the GiantTake.com.
1: So yeah, go check out uh, the new Quiddy Payne article, like Josh mentioned, um, on the You can also listen to our episodes blog posts, um, and down at the homepage, you can, uh, put your email in and you'll get notifications when, um, there is new episodes, new blog posts, a blog post from Josh and all on my sports. We'll have that on there as well. Um, so make sure to go check that out. Um, and also you can click support the podcast to take you to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the giant take, um, which will give you a $2 tier with fan requests, private community and a shout out on the podcast.
0: Wherever you're listening, please subscribe, drop a five star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Or ever wherever you can do that, go follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. That's how it is typed out, and then at the Giant Take on Instagram and Facebook. We'd really appreciate the follow. Um, hit us up if you have any requests, questions, or anything like that. Let us know that you followed us, um, gave us a rating and review, all that stuff. Communicate with us. We would love it um and then wherever you're listening as well share with one friend share with friends and family and be sure to share on your social medias we also have a second podcast called called talking blues um that is a podcast where we talk chelsea fc football their team in the premier league they have won recently so that is very exciting go check it out um you know on all podcast platforms just like the giant take and i think that'll do it for this episode right alex
1: That has been a wrap for episode number 80. Uh, Pretty cool that we're all the way up to 80 already. 100 is coming soon. Um, Thank you for listening to today's episode, um, and we'll see you next time for some more Giants news.